Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
Today is Thursday, December 17th, 2020. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Slutty Vegan in Jonesboro, Georgia, we'll be joined by Congresswoman Maxine Waters, who was angry with the Trump administration for trying to actually push her immunity that could have led to thousands more Americans dying due to COVID-19. Also, we'll hear from Pastor Raphael Warnock, who was on the campaign trail today, and we'll also show you some of these ignorant Trump people who met him out there not wearing masks. I had a couple of things to say to them. Uh, also uh, on today's show, Republicans in Georgia have lost another court battle. No shock there. They keep losing uh, in court. Uh, also on today's show, a Michigan man who spent 40 years in prison is now free with a woman who sent the prison admitted she lied on the stand. Folks, we got a jam-packed show for you. Plus, we'll talk about the Negro Leagues. They now are going to count. Major League Baseball is now going to count the Negro League records and the Major League records. It's about damn time. It is time to bring the funk of Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Folks, uh, we are broadcasting live from Slutty Vegan in Jonesboro, Georgia, where we, of course, are in the, the Peach State covering uh, the Georgia Senate runoff race. Later in the show, we're going to hear from Pastor Raphael Warnock, who's on the campaign trail, going to uh, Republican stronghold Cobb County, and we'll show you some of the uh, crazy Trump folks who met him out there. Uh, keep in mind where we are now. We are in the middle of a COVID epidemic, folks. 17 million cases of COVID in the United States. 308,000 people have died from COVID. Uh, and here's the deal. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden is going to be tested. Uh, sorry, we'll get the vaccine next week. Also, some breaking news I just got confirmed. Congressman Cedric Richmond of New Orleans has tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, I, I actually was with, he was actually at the rally on Tuesday uh, here in Atlanta where uh, President-elect Joe Biden spoke. I actually talked to uh, uh, Cedric Richmond. Thank goodness I was wearing my goggles and two masks. Uh, but again, it's Congressman Cedric Richmond who was going to uh, head Office of Public Engagement in the White House has tested positive for COVID-19. And so we just want to give you that breaking news there. But the other breaking news, the Trump administration actually sent out a memo where they were encouraging and they wanted herd immunity. Folks, you know how crazy that is? That would have resulted in thousands more Americans dying. They wanted them in the city to catch COVID-19 on purpose. Joining us right now is Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Congresswoman Waters, uh, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be with you, Roland. Yes, you're on it. And uh, uh, it, I'm it so is glad out, you... It, it is outlandish. Yeah. It, it is outlandish, Congresswoman pushing this nonsense 
Fauci called it ridiculous. Dr. Burke called it ridiculous. But again, they refused to listen to somehow saying, oh, sure, if millions of Americans get coronavirus, yeah, we know we're going to have, uh, you know, a thousands more deaths, but it's better to do it that way. That is unbelievable. Yes, it is unbelievable. Uh, but it's consistent with this president uh, has dealt with uh, coronavirus. As a matter of fact, I this immunity is something that they actually not only proposed, but they did to it that young people are infected. And so what they Because they get over it, and then they'll have the antibody. And this is a theory. They had no facts, but they moved with it. And I want to tell you, Roland, when you saw all of this resistance to closing down businesses where people could contract uh, the virus, this was all about them pushing this to say, now keep them open uh, so that the young people uh, could get infected. And they went on to say, and who cares if these young people get infected? They'll get over it, uh, but this will help to create the antibodies uh, that are needed to uh, do away with the virus eventually. It's absolutely. But the problem, the, the, the problem with that, Congresswoman, uh, and here's the deal, your signal is actually going in and out, Congresswoman, uh, and so to the control room, uh, if that continues, it'd probably just be better just to get her on the audio line, so let me know, y'all monitor that and just let me know if we need to do that, because we certainly want people to hear what Cong Congresswoman Waters has to say uh, about this. You talked about them targeting young people. Look, we have seen young folks die from coronavirus, children teenagers. We've seen folks in their 20s and 30s. We've seen athletes greatly impacted. We just saw one of the players from the University of Florida collapse during the game. They put him in a, in a self-induced coma uh, and he had COVID this summer. Uh, they have not diagnosed why he collapsed. He almost died on the court and we do know that COVID has caused heart issues among athletes. And so it's it's nuts when you hear heard Trump and others say, ah, it's okay, young folks, it's just the sniffles. Well, what they said is who cares if young people die? Uh, literally, we need them to do this herd uh, uh, immunity for uh, us uh, because that's the way we're gonna save everybody. And then they were very slick about it. They didn't stop talking about you know, wash your hands and social distancing and all that the experts have told us about. But this was a way uh, that they were going to try and say, well, you know, uh, we didn't stop people from doing what the experts were advising them to do. All we said was uh, that in order to create uh, this immunity that we had to have this herd uh, um, action going on. And so they didn't care if young people died. Uh, they were willing uh, to... Uh, you know, put them in harm's way and the possibility of death to prove this, uh, you know, business of the herd immunity, even though they had no facts uh, to prove that it would work. Um, bottom line is like, look, very soon, Trump is going to throw his behind out of the White House. Uh, he will be clear. 
But Congresswoman, what people don't understand is there is lasting damage that's been caused yes. by this administration. Yes. Not just on coronavirus, but how yes. they have completely gutted the federal government of scientists. Yes, not only that, uh, in order for him uh, to strengthen his relationships uh, with some of these um, dictators, he has basically undermined the State Department and all of the uh, State Department experts uh, who had the historical knowledge, et cetera. Most of them are gone uh, because he wanted them gone so that they would not get in the way of what he wanted to do uh, with international policy. Uh, this president has taken advantage of the presidency and he's used the presidency in ways that was never envisioned by anybody. Of course, the Constitution cannot identify everything that a president cannot do. Uh, the Constitution gives the president the ability uh, to be free enough and flexible enough to protect the United States, to make sure that they're providing safety for all of the people of the country, et cetera. But he absolutely used his power in reverse. He fired people, he's lied, he has uh, alienated uh, all of our allies abroad. He is cutting deals uh, with dictators. He loves Putin, refuses to denounce him, knowing that he was responsible for hacking into our DNC and to some of the states. He has not yet criticized Putin uh, because he has something going on uh, with Putin. Deals that I think are made because he expected uh, to be able to lift the sanctions that were placed on Putin by Obama because of the invasion uh, that they did into Crimea. And so this president has harmed uh, uh, the presidency. And what we got to do is we got to develop a whole body of law to start to deal with that because we don't know the presidency who have seen what this presidency was able to do with his power and try the same things and even more. Uh, this president, I always knew was dangerous, but every day there's something else that's revealed about him uh, that makes you know that even your concerns about his danger were not enough. This president and all of the things that we're alluding to, in addition, adding to that, uh, you know, the fact that they don't care if young people die, uh, because they have a theory unproven uh, that they will get the antibodies that will eventually uh, cause the uh, coronavirus to go away. It is unfortunate that we've had to suffer this, but like you're saying, he'll be out of here. I'm told uh, that he's thinking about whether or not he's going to leave the White House uh, during inauguration. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, if he tries not to leave, I want the military to go and walk him out. Oh, I, I keep telling everybody, I, I did what, uh, you know, MSNBC, and this was uh, before the election, they were complaining about that, saying, well, what if he doesn't leave? I said, guys, this is real simple. I said, come 1201 on January 20th, he ain't the president. You can't just sit in the office. You got to go. Uh, you don't have permission to sit in that office. Unless, uh, so unless... You've got 126 of well, your colleagues in the House who actually signed on to that ridiculous 
you're seeing these reports of the Biden administration saying how we need to listen to Republicans, reach out to Republicans. There's talk looking to be in his cabinet. Here's what I don't understand, Congresswoman. I'm just being perfectly honest with you. And why Democrats are y'all going to reach out to Republicans? Republicans don't give a damn about Democrats. Republicans don't put don't reach out uh, to Democratic constituencies who lost an election. They make it clear. So at some point, what, 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 what do you say to these Democrats and you say to President Biden-elect, stop this nonsense of trying to sit here and pacify these folks. You won. Lead with power. Well, you know, uh, I think it is known uh, that when Republicans have power, uh, they use it and they are absolutely uh, dangerous and that they don't care about Democrats and they use it to their advantage. And, you know, I think what you'll hear from a lot of Democrats is uh, that we are reluctant to use the power in ways that will benefit Democrats and to help to expand our ability uh, to provide leadership in this country, that we don't act like Republicans. We don't use the power. We don't use the influence. And, you know, I hear from the media all the time, why don't you sit down with the Republicans? And why can't y'all come to, uh, you know, a conclusion on how you're going to, you know, fund uh, the response to the virus, et cetera, et cetera. They will not negotiate with us in good faith. When you talk about the 126, that's a fine example of who you're dealing with. A bunch of Republicans who would rather follow this dishonorable president than protect the people of the United States of America during a pandemic. So who are you telling us we can sit down and uh, negotiate with and they will give in and they will make concessions and they will do the right thing? They will not. They were elected by the people to protect them, they come to Washington, D.C., and they follow a president who lies, who's disingenuous, who aligns himself with the enemy, and they get away with it uh, because they are so focused uh, with their, uh, their populations on basically racism and telling them they're going to save them from all of us. And somehow they're going to make sure uh, that we don't have the power. Uh, they're going to make sure that we're put in our place. And that's what the president has offered to them. And that's what they buy into. And they'd rather deal with putting us in our place and making sure uh, that they run everything and that they exercise extraordinary power. Uh, and they will follow this president in order to do that rather than do what they were elected to do uh, to represent the people and to basically protect and ensure uh, that the United States is safe from all enemies, uh, et cetera. So you got it. And they proved it. 126 proved what they are willing to do in order to uh, maintain the power and follow a power-hungry, dishonorable human being uh, rather than represent the people in an honorable way. 
Well, Congresswoman, we just saw it this week where a federal judge died in September. The Senate approved two more of these Trump judges in a lame duck session, uh, a 36-year-old white woman. That woman is going to be on the federal bench for life. And again, they are exercising power. And so the reason we are here in Georgia, uh, uh, you know, spending the resources that we have, because we understand the importance of Ossoff and Warnock getting elected for Democrats have a 50-50 tie in the Senate and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris would break that tie. So that's why we're spending all of this time here. We've pretty much moved here uh, through January 5th, uh, live streaming stuff, getting the word out, covering this stuff uh, to really emphasize to our people why we have to vote because we actually can determine who's going to control the Senate. Doesn't matter if one wins, now 51-49. Democrats got to win both of these Senate seats in Georgia in order uh, to drive an agenda in Washington, D.C. Well, you're absolutely right, and I'm so thankful for you for what you're doing and how you're taking the time and resources to be there, because I believe that we can win both of them. And I stay in touch with Stacey Abrams, and I'm talking to her, and I know that we're knocking on doors and that we're raising the money that is necessary to be sure that we have the kind of campaign uh, that can support our volunteers and get out the message and do the digital advertising and the direct mail and all aspects of campaigning. And so I believe that we can do it. And I hope uh, that the people who care about the future of this country are paying attention, they're registered, and they're going to turn out to vote in ways that they've never done before and even better uh, than they did. We know that Biden won in Georgia, and they have, you know, recounted three times. He's won three times. The president has lost three times. And I know that we can get this done. And I'm so pleased that you're putting all the time and effort into it to help get it done. So, Roland, I want to thank you so very much uh, for having me on today. Uh, this is very, very important. And I'm so pleased that I was able uh, to give some more exposure uh, to this herd immunity uh, that the, uh, uh, the president and Dr. Alexander are involved in. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You're so welcome. All right, folks, I'm going to go to a commercial break. We come back. Pastor Warnock, hit the campaign trail in Georgia. We'll be back on Roller Martin Unfiltered in a moment. If your vote didn't matter, you wouldn't have so many people trying so hard to stop you from voting. There is some value there. But even when you talk about that people are not paying attention to your issues, I can't pay attention to your issues if I don't even know you're there. And the only reason people are going to know you're there is when you show up to the polls and vote. That's when that power manifests itself. But as long as you stay at home, as long as you're making excuses, then guess what? You will always experience these issues that we're experiencing today. And another thing, don't get caught up in the candidates, right? There's, there's, there's no such thing as a perfect candidate, but you should be going to vote for the most important person, and that is you and the one you love. You talk about you, you're, you'll fight for the one you love. You're willing to die for the one you love. You need to ask yourself, are you willing to vote for the one you love? Because if you don't, there's going to be somebody's neck 
on yours pretty soon. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Before we knew about COVID-19, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue received classified briefings about the virus. And what did they do next? They downplayed the risks, then invested in body bags. Ten months later, over 10,000 Georgians dead. Kelly Leffler and David Perdue dead wrong. Georgia, I know things are tough right now, but I want you to know help is on the way. My administration is preparing to beat COVID-19 and get economic relief to the American people. On day one as your president, I'm prepared to sign a COVID relief package that fully funds the public health response needed, led by Georgia's own CDC. It will ensure free testing and vaccination for every American and will get small businesses the assistance they need right now. Let me be clear, I need Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff in the United States Senate to get this done. There are folks in Congress threatening to do everything in their power to block our efforts. We need you to get out there and vote for John Ossoff as well as Raphael Warnock. We need them in the Senate. God bless America and may God protect our troops. I'm Raphael Warnock. And I'm John Ossoff. And we, we approve this message. We got power. We're about to get ready to launch our We Got Power Tour. Cliff and I are going on the blackest bus in America. We're hitting the streets again. We're going to be going through at least 12 states, maybe more. I'm just really excited. Now, it's a little bit different this time because COVID-19, we've got to wear a mask, we've got to be socially distanced, but we are very committed that we've got to get in the streets and inspire and encourage our people in ways that are socially distanced. Ready to hit the road, ready to see our folks, ready to be socially distant, ready to mask up. On our way to Pennsylvania, we'll be there for two days, and then we're headed to Ohio to Cleveland. We're going to be just spreading a lot of love and building a lot of power. For the very last day, we're going to be out here on the ground in these streets because our people need us. Can't stop, won't stop. Register to vote. You can even request your online vote-by-mail ballot by clicking the link or by scanning our QR code with your camera. Vote early. Vote today, because we got power. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Nelson. Hi, this is Cheryl Lee Ralph, and you are watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered.
thank you so very much for being out here. Uh, we're going to make that happen. Yeah. 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 All right, folks, that's Pastor Rafael Warnock here in Austell, Georgia. Uh, we are, that uh, is a clown campaign appears for today. Uh, he is headed back. We're headed to Study Vegan in Jonesboro. Uh, so we want y'all, if y'all are in the area, come check us out. We broadcast in Rollermont Unfiltered live from there. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so, so I'll catch y'all real quick. So uh, your thoughts on, on this race? Put it back on your ear. We got you. You were checking what on your coat. My coat actually is in the car. Monique, Why you leave the coat in the car? Just been running all day, all but day. But you came outside the car. No, I've had a lot of meetings. No, anyhow, at any rate, my name is Monique Sheffield, and I'm the county commissioner for this district. And we're actually at one of our early uh, voting locations here at the epicenter, which is also home to Word of Faith, Bishop Bronner. So uh, we're out here encouraging people to come out and vote. We're very uh, happy and excited about the numbers that have come out. There's been a lot of new people to vote, and we just encourage you to come out and make sure that your voices are heard. This is a very serious seat that, that they're running for, and we really need for you guys to get out and support. And I also have alongside me another elected official, Trey Hutchins. Hey, for Warnock, man, U.S. Senate. Hope he gets out there. Hope he gets in that seat. You guys make a plan. Get the voting, man. We got to do that on re all right, folks, we were out there. Of course, Pastor Warnock uh, was uh, visiting some polling locations. I need y'all to cue that video up because I want y'all to hear Pastor Warnock when he got off the bus addressing the people who were out there. It was about 40 degrees out there. It was a real, it's been a real cold day all day here uh, in, uh, in the metro Atlanta area. Uh, the state, you got Republicans, Kelly Purdue. Same thing. You've got also other groups like Black Voters Matter. They're out here as well uh, holding events. We're going to be with them tomorrow uh, live streaming. They're going to have uh, Kiki Palmer and Common. And then on Saturday, uh, Common is. That's where we stand. So what I want to write, do right now while we're getting the Warnock interview queued up, because I do want to play that, uh, and I do want to do this here first. Uh, a couple of ads. You saw us release those ads. We played the ads of uh, Joe Biden as well as uh, the new ad of John Ossoff that dropped today uh, that featured uh, him talking about uh, Congressman John Lewis, who he used to work for. Uh, and so let me do this here. Let's queue up that ad again, the John Ossoff ad. It dropped this morning. Uh, invoking Congressman John Lewis, who he worked for uh, in Congress. Y'all can go ahead and play it. Okay, all right, so we don't have the ad yet, so I'll let you know when we actually have the ad. So so what, so what I want to do, I want to go to our panel right now. Dr. Greg Carr, Chair, Department of Afro-American Studies at Howard University. Uh, Reese Colbert, she is uh, with Black Women in Views. Uh, and then the...
Georgia, I know things are tough right now, but I want you to know help is on the way. My administration is preparing to beat COVID-19 and get economic relief to the American people. On day one as your president, I'm prepared to sign a COVID relief package that fully funds the public health response needed, led by Georgia's own CDC. It will ensure free testing and vaccination for every American, and will get small businesses the assistance they need right now. Let me be clear, I need Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff now that we've helped people customize and save with Liberty Mutual, we can finally do some beach reading. There are folks in Congress threatening to do everything (laughs) in their power to block our efforts. We need you to get out there and vote for John Ossoff as well as Raphael Warnock. We need them in the Senate. God bless America and may God protect our troops. I'm Raphael Warnock. And I'm John Ossoff. And we we approve this message. message. You are leading the way for the rest of this state. And we believe that this state is on the verge of shocking the entire country. change this country with. It is going to be standing in a space of our power and in the fullness of our spirit of love and the spirit of humanity. That is what's going to transform America. And um, I can't tell you how excited I am about this election. I've been moving all across the state, and there's so much energy on the ground. I think people clearly understand how much is at stake. And we will not be distracted by the forces of division and distraction and distortion in our state, right? Right. Because because my name is on the ballot, but this campaign, this movement is not about me. It's not about my opponent. It's about healthcare, which which I think is a human right, but we can't get her to say it. You all, you all let me know if you can get Kelly Leffler to say that health care is a human right. I don't think she will. And it is certainly something that the wealthiest nation 
on the planet can, God bless you too, can and ought to provide to all of its citizens. And so uh, we will continue to press forward with this message. Georgia is one of 12 states that has refused to expand Medicaid. And you understand, you don't get a tax rebate because our so-called leaders have decided not to expand Medicaid. All that means is that we're subsidizing health care in other states while our hospitals are closing. 500,000 Georgians in the Medicaid gap. This is mostly the working poor. And so that's a state decision, but you need and deserve a senator who will make it even easier than it is already for Georgia to do the right thing. And so you have my promise that a big part of what I will be focused on is when I get to the Senate, is to make sure. Thank you. Thank you. I want to make I want to make sure that Georgia and the people of Georgia are not penalized because we were late coming to the party. There you go. And there's legislation that we can craft to do that. We got to make sure that we get the kind of COVID relief that is so needed to reopen this economy and to make sure that small businesses have the support that they need. We've got to make sure that the folk we call essential workers actually get paid an essential wage. Let me let me just say this, because you know, whatever people say when they're running for office, all of us are guided in some way or another by our biography. In my family. Yeah, my folks read the Bible. Be fruitful and multiply. And I'm, I'm, I'm number 11 out of 12, and I'm the first college graduate. I got there through hard work, grit, and determination, but that alone doesn't get me a bachelor's degree from Morehouse, two master's degrees, a PhD degree, pastor of Martin Luther King Jr.'s church, now running for the Senate. Somebody gave me some Pell Grants and some low interest. Somebody gave me some low interest student loans. In other words, somebody provided for me a path, and I'm running to make sure that other people's children have a path. Thank you. So listen. plan to vote. I want to thank the voters of Cobb County for showing up in the way that you have. And I've got to say this, I need, we need to see Cobb County election officials show up the way the voters are showing up. Yes, yes. yes we do. You, you, we're seeing lunch. It should not take an hour to vote. It should not take two hours to vote. Now, I'm glad that the voters are willing to do it. But open up some more polling stations so that the voters can vote. It's not too late. Make the adjustments. Call them. Ring their phones off the hook. Because listen, when when people have to wait two hours to vote, those people have jobs. They have families, and particularly working class people, that creates a hardship. That is his own form of voter suppression. It may not be intentional, but the result is the same. Absolutely. And so call the election officials, 
and tell them that voting should be easier and not harder. But I want to thank you for showing up. Tell everybody you know that early voting has started. Send them to votewarnock.com. Let's win. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, so again, this is the location here in Cobb County. Uh, we're here with Pastor Raphael Warnock. Uh, and, uh, of course, yeah, you had a couple of crazy-ass Trumpers. People out here not wearing masks. And so, uh, even though we know that how significant the numbers have been uh, in Georgia, uh, that's, that, that's the case there. Uh, and so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to be going to uh, the next location in just a second. Uh, and so, again, uh, this is the uh, fourth day of early voting. It goes until December 31st. Well, like I said yesterday, some places they stop on December 30th, other places stop on December 31st. And so we're going to go with the one Eye campaign uh, to the next location where he'll be addressing folks uh, who are early voters as well. Uh, like I said, Cobb County typically is a, a, is a Republican county. So as you see, uh, you, got, uh, you got some of these nutcases out here uh, who were Donald Trump. You got some stupid woman over here uh, didn't want to put a mask on. I told her go put on her Herman Cain mask. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Herman Cain, black Republican, uh, who went to the Trump rally in Tulsa uh, and died uh, because uh, he was there, no mask on. Uh, got, got came back, had COVID, uh, and he died shortly thereafter. And so that's how stupid that is. Uh, but that's what happens. You got these idiots out here uh, who don't believe in science, uh, and they just want to go ahead and then also spread their germs all around. So, uh, so uh, they're not playing these games with them. And so that's what's up. And in fact, this lady right here, this lady right here. Man. Ready? I'll do a quick, I'll do a quick conversation with her. Ma'am, come here. So, so you had that crazy Trumper who were there. You said you, you, work, you work in healthcare. I don't. No, I didn't say that. I'm no, no, sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. There's Somebody else. Right next to me. So I was gonna grab her because she was trying to explain to her why she needs to put a mask on. See, there you go. Put a mask on. No, no, no. Put, when I was there. You gotta be dumb to talk by pulling the mask down. These people are nutcases. They're nutcases. You got a mask on, she pulls it down the top. They don't see the real world. I'm a frontline worker. My wife's a nurse out there. Our hospitals are 90% capacity right now. I'm on a mass unit right now, testing 600 people and 385 of them came out positive and these people think it's a joke? Right. I'm over here busting my ass, putting is, my life on the line. Your wife right here? Yeah. Yeah, she this was is standing, my wife. She, she was standing right she's next to She's over here working 16 hours shift. On her day off, she's testing with my me. My only day off. Yeah, so. so I work I, with COVID patients and, you know, they come around not caring about other people. It's like they should be exempt then. They want to be careless, then they shouldn't get health care. I mean, it's ridiculous, yeah. you know, to see people dying every day. Well, both of us, we work so hard to protect right. the citizens of America, and then we this is like a slap in our face walking around here with Mr. Senator, future senator, should I say. So at the end of the day, I just want to thank everybody for you guys wearing your mask, and God bless you, and God bless America, save lives. We're a mass unit coming to you guys soon. All right, vote for one. Thank you. Here we go.
All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered here from Slutty Vegan, Jonesboro, Georgia. Sorry, technical issues. Uh, basically, uh, the signal that we use a live view technology where you're actually on uh, cellular signal. And so when cellular signal drops, uh, your signal loses. But the bottom line is we still were able to show you, of course, what the video that we shot earlier uh, today. We were on the campaign trail with Pastor Raphael Warnock uh, out there. You saw those crazy Trump people, so I had to have a couple of words to say to them. I'm going to go to my panel in, uh, in a bit, but first I want to talk about this Negro League story where Major League Baseball is not going to recognize the records of the Negro Leagues. I have long said, folks, that the Negro Leagues was the Major Leagues, okay? But again, what happened with integration, all of those records that took place with African Americans got uh, were never accounted because they said, oh, we couldn't verify the records. Well, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, now says they are going to be recognized. Joining us right now is Howard Bryan with ESPN, as well as Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Bob, I want to start with you. Uh, this surely has to be uh, good news to you that finally Major League Baseball in 2020 uh, is going to recognize the amazing talent. Like I said, the real Major Leagues was the Negro Leagues. They were only called the Majors because it was white folks who had more money and they had money for stadiums and uniforms and travel. But the Major League talent, as Dizzy Dean said, was in the Negro Leagues. No, we certainly agree. And we've known that all the time, Roland. And for me, it was milestone from the standpoint of the recognition and the acknowledgement. You know, Howard and I have talked about this and we understand and he known, he's known Negro League players. I knew so many of them well. They were so proud. They knew they could play. They knew how good their league was. So they, they didn't need anyone to validate them. But for me, the historical nature of this is the fact that Major League Baseball, which had recognized these other leagues that had very little impact in our game whatsoever, yet had ignored this league, which had tremendous impact, seemingly righted, you know, a wrong. And to me, that's what is so noteworthy about this. And we take great pride in what occurred yesterday. Um, this is obviously... Um, a big decision here, Howard Bryant, but it was one that should have been done a long time ago. Uh, and frankly, uh, it should have been done at the beginning. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like I agree with, with Bob and in terms of the significance of... Bob's right. You don't need Major League Baseball's validation. I personally take a different approach on this. I didn't really love it. Um, I felt like you could do this without, without mixing up the record book. I felt like the players... I felt like what Major League Baseball is doing, my real concern on this is that what you're doing to the historical record is you're really messing with it. Because my concern is, is that 100 years from now or 50 years from now, you're going to have people look at these numbers and assume that they were all the same and undermine what actually happened to these players. That that you're going to you're really going to have to go out of your way now at some point depending on how these stories continue to get told you don't want to whitewash that history Roland you don't want to make it seem like okay well it was a 50-50 league because it wasn't it wasn't separate and equal to me one of the real problems that I have with this entire affair is that it gives the impression or it can give the impression if you're not careful that 
that there was not a, a massive, massive negative effect on those actual players who had to carry segregation. Major League Baseball as an institution, I believe, needs to carry that too. And I think that I'm just very concerned and I've always been concerned about if if you don't come to this when our time here is over, that somebody doing research or whatever can't be looking at these records and just seem like, oh, okay, well, back in 1920, you know, African-Americans had their league and the white guys had their league. It wasn't. They tried to destroy these black players. They went out of their way to do that. And I have a real problem with it. Bob, um, this is also, I feel this because uh, I grew up in Texas. And when the university, in, in, the university in a scholastic league, that was white, white schools. There was a thing called the Prairie View Interscholastic League. That was the black schools. And when, and when integration took place, the exact same thing happened. The UIL refused to pull in all of those great PVIL records. And so when you look at the records in Texas, the state records, back from anything that happened before integration, all these white athletes, that all of those great, the, the great work of those players not recognized because they only accept the white standard. Because in their mind, oh, we had these pristine records and we can't trust the records that took place for other black folks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar. We've seen it throughout, whether it's what has taken place at HBCUs, which were another form of the Negro Leagues, and, and the Negro Leagues themselves. But, you know, the thing about it is, and, and honestly, guys, and Howard and I talked about this yesterday, I didn't even know about the 1969 commission that had left the Negro Leagues out of this. Had didn't even think about it. Yeah, they had deliberately and blatantly left the Negro Leagues out put the Federal League in and some of these other leagues and, and the realization of all of this great talent that would move and filter into Major League Baseball, which really helped make Major League Baseball great. You know, the Reverend Jesse Jackson said something when he visited the Negro Leagues Museum that Major League Baseball didn't become major until after 1947. And it was that pipeline of talent from the Negro Leagues that helped make it be that, and yet they had been shunned once again by this commission and so for me, even beyond the numbers rolling, for me, it is what this does for history's sake in terms of the recognition. And Howard is right. The biggest fear is that somebody 20 years from now will see these numbers and not even realize that there was a separation. And that's why I think the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum becomes even more important to help people understand how this all manifested itself, how it all came about. Well, and what I would what I would have loved to have seen, Bob, to, to be honest, what I would have loved to have seen is I would have loved to have seen Major League Baseball. I felt that they could have done this without necessarily trying to mishmash the record books in terms of now Willie Mays' batting average actually went down. I would have liked to have seen all of those guys come in, take about a million dollars each out of their out of their change purses and give it to the museum. And so that's how the memory stays alive. And that's how what black people did gets to remain <laughs> what it was. That's what should have happened to me. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, though. I'm not playing. I'm serious. You know, because the legend, the, what, is more, what is more important, you know, to me, what is more important? Is it more important to have that legend of what Josh Gibson did? Did he or did he not hit a ball at a Yankee Stadium? Maybe he hit 800 home runs. Maybe he didn't. 
is that isn't that legend and keeping that legacy alive and making sure that it's financially secure more important not to compare the two but to me that's the value than to than to go dig into the stats which are incomplete anyway because of segregation because of what they did to us and keep these stories alive and keep this entire legacy alive by backing it i'm not saying it's one or the other i'm saying it should be at, at some level I just don't like messing with history. I don't like the fact that it's 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 becoming ahistorical and that Major League Baseball and that and segregation at some point in our history when we're all gone gets taken off the hook. Bob, your final comment. Well, you know, it, it, the, the points that Howard made are, are absolutely And, uh, you know, but for me, having, you know, at some point in time, you do say, I'm sorry. You know, and, and it should have happened years ago, and it didn't. And, and now it has happened. And, and it's left up to us to decide if we accept the apology. And, and and baseball, I think, in full earnest, tried to do something that they thought was in the best interest of not only their game, but siding with history in the 100th anniversary year. And, and so I, I understand it. And, and we, you know, we celebrated what took place yesterday as a result of. Bob Kendrick, Howard Bryant, ESPN. Gentlemen, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. And folks out, if you get a chance to visit the Negro Leagues Museum in Kansas City, please do so. Uh, it is a phenomenal place to visit. Gentlemen, thanks a lot. Thank you. Hey, man. Happy holidays to you both. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right, all right, folks, we're here at Slutty Vegan in Jonesboro, uh, Georgia. I told you we were going to come here. In fact, uh, Anthony, take a shot uh, of their kitchen. Y'all hear, hear all that noise being made. Uh, they got quite a loud kitchen here. Uh, there are folks over there, of course, uh, in line. We uh, decided to uh, broadcast the show from here. Glad to be here. Uh, we're going to be chatting with uh, Pinky, the owner, a little bit later. Uh, and she's going to actually uh, going to have me take this actual vegan meal i'm like really so it'll be the first time i, I think it'll be the first, i think it literally will be the first time i've eaten a vegan meal so um we'll uh, we'll we'll check that out right now let's go to our panel uh normally we go to them a lot earlier but we had the technical issues but we had also some other news to get to lots to talk about with greg carr dr greg carr chair department of afro-american studies howard university Reese Colbert, black women views and, and here in uh jonesboro with me again she decided to sit her ass down not walk in front of the camera erica savage wilson <laughs> savage politics podcast glad to have all yeah greg seriously i mean big ass camera she just walked like just like like ain't no camera there you know, some folks need to stay at home. But some folks need to stay at home on Skype. Like, she thought she was at home on Skype or FaceTime, uh, not realizing we got real cameras here. Uh, let's, 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 let's first start off. So let's go back. Let's first start off. Uh, Greg, I'll start with you. Congresswoman Maxine Waters and these crazy-ass Trump people hurt immunity. I mean, this whole, they literally said in there, oh, young people, infants, uh, uh, other folks, let's let them all get COVID, develop antibodies, as if people were not, people would not die when we've seen that. This is a murderous administration, Greg. Sure it is. I mean, Paul Alexander was at HHS. He was the administration's man over there. They don't give a damn. I mean, you know, you got Mitch McConnell trying to squeeze through $600, a $600 check and cut up unemployment benefits for $300 and protect his corporate interests and get the Fed not to be able to uh, fix this thing in, in, in 2021.
they don't give a damn where you are right now, man, watching you confront those people, or better yet, them try to skew their ignorance on you. And please, you know, Brother Cedric, hurry up and get well, brother. They out there spewing death. They have chosen themselves over everything, even if it means their death, brother. So, I mean, this is this this is not news. This is not, and it's not being talked about in this way anywhere else. Risa, you saw uh, I had a couple of words for them crazy-ass Trumpers who were out there. Uh, and, I'm, and I just told him, yeah, go put your Herman Cain mask on. That was the perfect comeback. But I think, let's just be honest, the big reason why this herd immunity strategy even took hold within the Trump administration is because Trump and the Republicans and the white nationalist party perceived COVID to be something that affects Black and Latinos and Indigenous people disproportionately. I mean, the latest numbers as of December are that one in 800 Black people have died of COVID. The death rate is 124 Black people dead out of 100,000 as compared to um, whites, it's it's 70-something. So I think the, the, the Black, Latino... Um, death rate is two times that of white people. And then when you look at the youth, they're talking about, well, let young people get sick from it. Well, almost all of the child deaths from COVID have come from Black and Latino children. And so that is why we're seeing the indifference and the carnage that we're seeing is because somebody at some point decided that it was a mostly Black and Latino disease. Now it's starting to spread in places like South Dakota and North Dakota, where it's completely raging out of control. And now those governors, they are starting to, to, to have a little bit of a change of heart. But the reality is that if, uh, if, if Black people died, if Latino people died, then so damn be it. And that is very unfortunate. Luckily for this country, we've made a lot of advances with, with several vaccines that are in the pipeline. It's still going to take at least seven months before this really hits the general public. But that's the only way to get herd immunity is with the vaccine, not by just letting people die. Um, these are crazy, deranged people, Erica. Uh, and the and again, this is Paula, Paula Alexander. You got Fauci and Burks and the actual experts saying, what the hell? No to herd immunity. But Scott Atlas and the rest of these fools, they are advancing crazy theories, and those are the people who Donald Trump listens to. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And we need not look any further than to the King of Sweden, who in an interview that will be released on the 21st, said that they had it wrong, that allowing herd immunity to breed the strategy of the day has resulted in well over 7,000 now dead Swedens, and then an infection rate that is out of control. Just in the middle of November, they had at least 6,000 cases of COVID. And so this failed strategy that finally someone in leadership is now admitting, now in the United States with over 16.7 million COVID cases, over 300 million people dead, even with the vaccine on the horizon, a part one and a part two, there's going to be a need as we see those very health experts that you mentioned saying to the public that we can't let up on masking. We cannot let up on the washing of hands because it will continue to be to the detriment of the American people. Um, This is just, again, that's sort of the craziness we see. Uh, Greg, now we see this report. People are saying that uh, internally Trump is saying uh, he may not leave on January 20th. I will enjoy nothing better than them seeing them drag his ass out of the White House because bottom line is the law is the law. Come January 20th, 1201, your ass ain't the president. You got to go. No, it's true. And uh, congratulations to Brenda Malloy. Looks like she's going to be the uh, sister who's going to lead the Council on Environmental Quality. Looks like Deb Holland 
is going to go to Interior. Shout out to her and all the women. But I tell you what, I must confess, in terms of the visual, I hope that he stays, like Maxine Waters said, and I hope that it is a few of those sisters on the Secret Service detail that get the pleasure of laying hands on him. But, you know, I mean, in terms of this COVID thing, I want to say one other thing. You know, uh, Howard Bryant had exactly right about the Negro League. You know, I'm a big Negro League fan. Um, this is part of the Breonna Taylor, George Floyd windfall. In other words, folks trying to use black people as the human shield against their long structural racism. What do I mean by that? I mean, when it comes to the Negro Leagues, keep those records separate. And if you're going to acknowledge them, don't be trying to act like uh, th these are somehow blended now. Don't be trying to blend those books because you're going to shortchange people like Josh Gibson. You're going to, you, you, like you say, you're going to reduce Willie Mays' career batting average. And finally, Charlie Pride played in the Negro Leagues. He played in my, in my home state of Tennessee, played Memphis, played for Birmingham Black Barons. He was a pitcher. Charlie Pride may have died in the same way that, it, that, that they put Herman Cain out on Front Street. Charlie Pryor was at the Country Music Awards of America with a bunch of maskless hillbillies, and then he contracts COVID. Now, this is a problem. And how does it all tie together, and how does it tie to exactly what we're talking about? When these people are desperate, they now try to run out and find every Negro they can find. Charlie Pryor, 80 years old, you gonna give him a career award when he was a superstar for 50 years ago? Stop trying to wash your sins in the blood of black people. At the bottom line, that is what has to happen. So if those sisters get to lay hand on Donald Trump, it ain't going to change nothing in terms of the unemployment checks or the benefits or eviction notices, but it would be a little bit of shoddy fruit, and I think we'd all have a good time watching that happen. <laughs> Reese, let's, let, let, let's talk about uh, this, this whole nonsense of uh, Democrats need to reach out to Republicans to listen to them and... We need to make them their concerns. Republicans don't give a damn what Democrats think when they get power. And I don't understand why Democrats even engage in that silly-ass conversation. And, and the media does this thing like clockwork. The Washington, D.C. media, oh, bipartisanship, are you going to reach out? I, I, look, I, I want somebody to say, hell no. <laughs> hell no, we won. Hell to the law, we won. And we're going we gonna to lead like winners lead. We have to. I mean, boss the hell up. You won 81 million votes, 306 electoral college votes, no faithless electors. You have a mandate, period. So act like it. I mean, uh, President-elect Joe Biden, he did put the, the Republicans on blast the night that the electoral college voted and talked about their obstruction and their tactics and things like that. But, you know, it's time to take it a step further because... At the end of the day, you cannot reason. Like you don't know what? It, who was it that said you can't negotiate with terrorists? You don't negotiate with terrorists. You cannot reason with these people. And so you have to be as ruthless and as committed to the progress that we need to make and the damage that we need to undo as Mitch McConnell has been in pushing forward his 200 and what 30 or 40 plus judges and blocking Biden from getting. I mean, sorry, Obama from getting his Supreme Court justice pick. That is how committed the Biden-Harris administration has to be, and not just them, but the folks in Congress. And so we know that um, Speaker Pelosi is up to the task, but unfortunately, she's going to have a slimmer majority, and she's going to have to deal with, uh, you know, the blue dogs and the, the progressives 
who are being pushed now to take a, a symbolic vote on Medicare for all. And so I do think that unlike the Republicans, when they have power, they are singularly focused on maintaining that power and pushing for their tax cuts for the, for the wealthy and the corporations and stripping everybody else of their civil rights. Black, I mean, sorry, I want to say Democrats do not have the, the discipline to stay in one line, to stay on board, stay on message, and get our agenda across. So that's where we're going to have to keep the pressure on all factions of the Democratic Party, not just the centrist or whatever faction you want to call it. Keep the pressure on all of the Democrats to actually harness the power. All you need is a majority, even if it's plus one. You don't have to have a blowout. But just make sure that you use that power that you have. And where this, the Congress doesn't act, then Biden needs to act with executive power. Erica, this is real simple for me. Democrats should say elections have consequences. Look, this is the thing that, again, I don't get. Democrats like to play nice by the rules, by the customs. The Republicans run a political train on their asses. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. Every they time. run a political train. It's a freight train coming. And it, but it was, no, 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 we want to return to normal. No, they are ruthless with power. I would say to the Republicans, y'all ain't getting a damn thing. I ain't putting nobody on y'all's side in charge. I got my own people, and we about to sit here and run this joint. I don't understand why this thing is that hard. Right, I think those are, some of the, those are some of the same things that, you know, we've been hollering on this show for, for years now. But when you look at it, when you have a Cindy McCain that's a part of your transitional team, that really speaks to you being able to understand that this is about power and that you have to be able to stand in what your base has said is that we actually do demand change. Demanding change does not reach across the aisle and have a Cindy McCain whose late husband was um, very much so deferential to Martin Luther King having a birthday. We're here in the state of Georgia, Atlanta. He was deferential to him having a day. Having a long memory counts here. And so that is why it's going to take engagement from people who aren't necessarily inside of the body politic to keep the pressure to let folks know that are in um, places of influence that you want and you demand that they have representation within their circles for because you gave them your vote for that. So it's not just us showing up on November the 3rd. It's not us just showing up for the folks here in Georgia, December 14th on up to the 5th. It's us showing up after the pump and circumstance, which is what really the Democrats operate off of. This is about power because even as we speak, Republicans are lined up ready to make sure that within the state capitals of Georgia, that people cannot access absentee ballot voting the way that they did during this pandemic. They want to make sure that if folks are still going to be voting by mail in the coming up elections, that they're going to have to receive a notary to make sure that their signature is verified. They want to continue to cut early voting days. That's where you have um, four counties in the state of Georgia that are currently being sued because they cut early voting days. They are doing all of this in preparation for what's next. So Republicans are always looking for what's next. Democrats are looking for right now. And that has to change because this is about a power grab.
and they're up for the game. Got to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk more about what's happening here in Georgia, uh, the battles that are going on when it comes to voting. Uh, and also, we'll tell you how many people have actually voted uh, thus far. Trust me, y'all, it's a whole lot. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Slutty Vegan in Jonesboro, Georgia. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, America is a complicated story of people building a more, perf more perfect union. And if you don't think there's been any change, you should sit down with Andrew Young. Uh, you should sit down from some of the folks in that generation who know the distance we've come. And um, uh, as we continue to push hard, change comes. The other side knows your power. The other side knows your voice. That's why they're engaged in voter suppression. If you weren't so powerful, they wouldn't be trying so hard to stop you from voting. And so you ought to stand up in this defining moment in American history and win the future for all of our children. Georgia, you're not just voting for you. No, you're voting for me too. Georgia, I got you on my mind. You have got a chance today to keep the U in USA. Oh, Georgia, say, can you see? You could save my
if it turns out that the Senate is hinging on one seat, and there's only one race left. That's right. This will literally be the epicenter of the of the entire country, right? So we we ready. Music has an ability to be able to help us feel connected. And that's because music has a way of speaking for the spirit. And it is the spirit we're going to change this country with. It is going to be standing in a space of our power and in the fullness of our spirit of love and the spirit of humanity. That is what's going to transform America. Switch that shot and then come to me. All right, folks, we're here at Slutty Vegan in Jonesboro, Georgia. Yes, we're here, and so uh, we want to give you a shout out of the kitchen, uh, the, uh, the the noisy kitchen. Y'all keep hearing all that banging on the walls. Uh, that's what they do. They, they have their own style here. Uh, so it's been uh, great to be here broadcasting uh, today's show. Had some technical issues in our first hour, but we got all those things all sorted. Uh, we're back with our panel, Greg Carr, Reese Colbert, and here with me, uh, Erica Savage, Walk our ass in front of the camera, Wilson. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, what, what? I mean, first it was it was the cooking salad. Uh, now we got that. And so, let's talk. Let's talk about this here before we, before we went to the break. Uh, Erica, you were talking about Georgia, and, and the reality, Greg. Today already, the Republicans they lost in court again. Let me go ahead and uh, give folks the details on that particular case. Uh, you know, they have they have been trying everything, everything. Uh, to steal this election. And what was even more hypocritical, they're walking around talking about steal the vote, steal the vote, uh, saying it was stolen from Donald Trump. Uh, but the reality is that uh, a Georgia judge rejected a lawsuit brought by Republicans who tried to block drop boxes and force signature matching for the January 5th runoff. I mean, they, this is the thing that, again, this is why our civil rights groups, this is why uh, you talk about law expanded for civil rights under law, a transformative justice coalition, uh, NAACP, LDF, Rainbow Push, uh, Fair Fight, ACLU. While all of these groups matter, Greg, because these people are thugs. They want to steal the election. And yes, these Republicans are going, look, once January 5th is over, they are going to try to do everything they can to change all the laws because they are angry when black people vote. They are angry when Latino people vote. They are angry when they see young people vote. All they want are old white folks to keep voting. And Eric only is vote. right. No, no, yeah, that's right. Eric is right. I, I read some of the uh, Georgia GOP versus Raffensperger, the, 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 the brief they filed. And, uh, yeah, they have one strategy left as they die and their numbers shrink in this country. They are trying to reset the narrative. This whole fraud thing, as, as Erica said, it isn't about the short-term victory, although they would take it. They're thinking long-term. And when you read the case, it's the same BS they threw up against the wall the last month in the wake of the federal election. But here's the problem. The problem we have is, as Erica said, we're not thinking long-term. So what we have to be clear about is that but for a tweak here and there, voter suppression continues unabated, which is why we are at another event horizon in the history of this country. People now, in, we're all hyped up about, they're trying to steal the election, they're trying to steal the election. Now is the time, as you said, for Kristen and Lawyers Committee, um, for uh, Cheryl Eichmann, um, LDF, for everybody to press the advantage and break their backs around voter suppression. 
because these lawsuits, which may not have uh, gotten Donald Trump back to the White House, will, however, going forward, increasingly move to voter suppression. Finally, Reese nailed it when she talked about the fact that the Democratic Party is going to have to decide whether or not to stand up and be a woman, be a man. There are 222 seats in federal legislation right now controlled by Democrats. If the uh, New Mexico first when Holland is vacant, when the uh, Louisiana second with Richmond becomes vacant, and when the Ohio 11th becomes vacant with Fudge, that's going to make it a razor-thin minority. Those Democratic governors are going to have to step up, and people have to understand, register the unregistered, roll the electorate, and break the back of the dying white nationalist party because they are pulling out all steps. If this country isn't the way they want it to be, they will see it all burn, and they'll take us with them if we don't act. This is, I mean, again, every time we have seen a multicultural coalition succeed, Reese, these white Republicans go into overdrive, then what they do is uh, they use these tokens, and I'm saying that for a reason, I don't use language like uh, Uncle Tom's and Oreos and stuff along those lines. I don't use coom. I, I object to all of those things. But I will say token. They will roll out these token blacks. They will roll out fools like Ken Blackwell, the former Secretary of State of Ohio. And these idiots will stand there and gladly smile, cheese, shuck and jive and do their minstrel show knowing full well that these white Republicans are all about disenfranchising black people. They have been targeting black people in Atlanta, black people in Philadelphia, black people in Detroit, black people in Milwaukee. It is abundantly clear they are not going after white people. It is only black people who they are targeting because they uh, are, do not like the fact of black people exercising the right to vote. Yeah, but to these tokens, they're not one of those black people. They, they're the good blacks. And so the good blacks make the perfect foot soldiers for white supremacy because they just bask in the white gaze and they bask in power. White supremacy is all about maintaining power. The Republican Party is all about maintaining power. And sometimes they allow some black people, a couple of them, to feel like they're getting a piece of that power. And that is what motivates them more than anything, not some sort of allegiance to community, to black people or anything like that. And so that's why they make for the perfect tokens, because it, dis it, it misdirects people's attention to what's really going on, which is that the Republican Party is about maintaining white supremacy and white power. Point blank, period. And what black people need to understand, if it's not abundantly clear yet, is that the Republican Party, and it's not just for black people, it's also for Latino people and for indigenous people, they want us all to not have full citizenship. When you talk about disenfranchising people, and when you talk about throwing out precincts, throwing out counties, when you talk about uh, limiting absentee ballots and all these things, it's about saying that you are not full citizens of this country. And that is the, the bigger issue here, is that it's not just gonna, when somebody doesn't think you're a full citizen, when somebody thinks you're three-fifths, it's not just gonna manifest itself in denying you the, the ballot. It manifests itself, as Reverend Warnock said earlier, in healthcare. 
and the and denial of health care. It manifests itself in the disparities that we see in terms of systemic racism in the health care and COVID and in the criminal justice system and in environmental justice. I mean, I think we're in a somewhat fortunate position because if you look at the appointees that the Biden-Harris administration have named so far, we see a lot of people that are really focused on equity and overcoming systemic racism. I don't know how much they'll be able to implement their agenda, but to the extent that they will be able to do that, I think that we will see a bigger focus in the Biden-Harris administration. But we have to do our part in giving the the Democrats these two seats so that we can send Mitch McConnell packing as a Senate majority leader. If that doesn't happen, and if and as we've talked about, if the Democrats don't really harness their power, then we're going to be in for more of the same old, same old. We'll have ourselves to blame for that. Uh, Erica, uh, let's, let's speak about that. Uh, you, you've been in here. You're from Georgia. One million people have already voted in this uh, election, in this runoff. Um, and that we've only, we're only four days in. Um, give us a sense of what you are seeing and hearing in rural parts of Georgia. Uh, are people turning out? Are folks canvassing? Are they going door to door? Uh, are we going to see, because the latest poll out, I saw a couple of different polls, uh, but one poll showed a slight. Uh, you can go right ahead, Doc. Go ahead. Uh, one poll slow. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, one poll so showed uh, a slight uh, lead by both Republicans against uh, the morning consult poll uh, of uh, Republicans leading in both races. The difference is this here in rural Georgia, Leffler and uh, and uh, Purdue are at around 65, 67%. Uh, Democrats are going to have to really get that up to 40 in the rural parts of Georgia, or what they're gonna have to do is, they're gonna have to turn out a lot more black people to offset the white folks in rural Georgia voting Republican. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And um, I wanna you know, say before we kind of get moving into this topic that really wanna thank you, Roland, because we don't have many personalities that come into rural Georgia. So for you all that don't know, last Saturday, uh, Roland was in my hometown of Albany, Georgia. And Albany is about two and a half hours southwest of Atlanta. But one of the very pronounced things about Albany, Albany, Doherty County is a feeder county for many other surrounding counties. So it's like the big town for all of the other surrounding counties, Terrell County, Randolph County, where you saw Black Voters Matter go in and demand that they not close down voting precincts. Terrell County, uh, where there has been a history um, years and years, decades ago, of uh, law enforcement coming into churches and terrorizing people for their vote. Um, all of these different counties are feeders. They come into Albany to go to the mall, to go to Walmart, to shop. And that all of that to say is that when you don't have a district office for a campaign in Albany, then you're doing a disservice not just to the 90,000 people that live in Albany and Doherty County, but um, the folks that are at um, Albany State University that work at these consumer goods, hospitals, um, companies, and things of that nature, but you're doing a disservice to thousands and thousands of people that live in rural southwest Georgia as well. All of that to say is that there has to be some type of um, center campaign office in Albany in that area so that when there are events that people are showing up, um, so also that when people are wanting to get their yard signs, even though yard signs don't vote, they're able to place those yard signs proudly in their yards. And also that when you have people that are canvassing 
that they're able to provide accurate information and that those individuals will know that that information matches what they have been receiving from that district office. Without that, you really don't have a real presence of all of Georgia really showing up and polling. And so all of that to say thank you again for coming. And it is the groups on the ground that are really doing canvassing. There have been events that have been happening over the past few days. But what we've seen is that people have been coming from out of state, which is kind of um, iffy right now. You're talking about folks in groups out of Michigan and Florida, where Florida has um, well over a million and a half confirmed COVID cases coming in doing on the ground work. You do have people that are present. They just need to be activated. And the way that they're activated is not only by the grassroots organization presence, but by their support of folks like Warnock and Ossoff actually having offices in Southwest Georgia so that they can then inform the people that are in those other rural counties that don't come out at the dark, um, who don't have um, transportation, but they will have information by way of people who are being supported by organizations that are representing the folks that need to be um, voted for in office. All right, then. Well, look, uh, it is important for uh, folks to understand what is happening uh, in this state. Uh, look, let me tell you something. You know, we have been... Uh, we've been uh, all around different places. Guys, let me know when y'all have that graphic ready uh, for the Black Voters Matter event that's happening tomorrow uh, so we can show that. We've been, uh, we, we, we've been all over the place, all over the place. And let me tell you something. I've seen Warnock folks on, on the corners, uh, you know, showing the signs. You've seen a lot of energy. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it is going to really turn those folks out and it's really going to be, be critical uh, what's happening in the rural parts of this state because you can't, this is where Republicans have always done well in red states. They run up substantial margins. Even though Metro Atlanta represents 60% of all the people in the state, you still can't, you can't win when you're letting your opponent with an 80-20, 70-30 split in, in rural um, in, 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 in rural uh, parts of the state, same thing happens in Texas. Same thing happens in other states. Where Republicans do well in those rural parts of the state. You got to go there. You're not going to reach them with television ads. You're not going to reach them with radio ads. You got to have in-person events. You got to be there. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why the folks at Black Voters Matter, uh, they have been traveling all across uh, this state. They have been uh, doing a number of different things uh, in this particular state. Uh, I have been communicating with Latasha uh, and Cliff a whole lot. I'm just going to give you a sense. Uh, they sent me, let me pull the email up. They sent me their schedule. Uh, they sent me the schedule of the places, uh, you, know, you know, where they have been. Like I say, they have been uh, hitting uh, places with their toy drive, with their food, passing out stuff, really reaching out. Uh, to a lot of different people. Uh, this week alone, they were in Americas, they were in Albany, they were in Valdosta. Today, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow we can show the graphic, with, uh, they'll be in Savannah with Sybil Wilkes. Uh, they're going to be having uh, a tailgate concert tomorrow uh, in Savannah uh, with Common, Kiki Palmer, uh, and others. We are going to be there. We'll be live streaming that particular event uh, looking forward to that. Uh, again, uh, Waka Flocka, uh, Temi Rivera, uh, Common, Kiki Palmer, uh, uh, Jalen. And so it's going to be uh, tomorrow from 6 to 8 p.m. 
uh, taking place in Savannah. And on Saturday, Pastor Warnock is going to be in Savannah as well, his hometown with Common for rally at 1230. Now, uh, I think the Warnock folks want me in Athens. Uh, I'm still waiting to find out if that's still on. If they're not going to be, if they're not going to be in Athens, well, guess what? We'll be in Savannah with them. Uh, and also, there's another event going on with the Georgia Stand Up folks. Uh, we're going to be, they're going to have uh, an event taking place on Saturday as well. We'll be live streaming that event as well. And so, that's also what's happening here on the ground, Greg and Reese. A lot of other groups, they're not depending upon the candidates or the party. They are taking upon themselves to hold events, public events, social distance events, outdoors, uh, not relying on virtual because what they're saying is, hell, it don't make sense having virtual events in rural parts of Georgia when you got bad broadband. That's right. No, that's, that's true. Right. I mean, and, and, and Erica really, really kind of put a finger on something that, again, nowhere else are you going to have this conversation being held. Georgia, the eyes of the country on Georgia, and folks are, are it's almost like a, a kind of a cosplay bleeding Kansas back in 1854 and 55 when folks were rushing out there pro-slavery, anti-slavery. This is the flashpoint for the national kind of moment that this country is in. But people are coming in from all over the country. They have to be careful in terms of people's health. And like you say, I mean, you just talked about uh, Cedric Richmond there, and now, you know, this is a dangerous thing. That haven't been said. These rural areas where these rallies are being held are combining with early voting. So when you read that Georgia GOP versus Raffenberger, signed on to by those two white nationalist uh, candidates, Purdue and Loeffler, they are targeting drop boxes and signature verifi verification because they understand that they are trying to blunt that wave of early votes that are going to come in through the mail. This is what finally is making these rallies and these get out the vote campaigns so important. With social distancing, with the idea that you're coming in from other places, try to minimize contact. The thing that's going to break the back of these white nationalists are those seven or eight or nine or 10 people who may not have voted otherwise who are not in Atlanta, who aren't even in Savannah or Albany or not, not even in Columbus or Athens, but who will now maybe attracted by a Waka Flocka, attracted by a Common or a Kiki Palmer, with the encouragement of, as Erica said, on the ground folks who are not waiting on the Democratic Party, who doesn't get it now, who ain't going to get it for the foreseeable future, who are then walked to the polls to early vote in person. This is going to be hopefully the deciding factor. You don't want to get it down to waiting on postmarked votes because these devils are going to do everything they can to steal this election. So you got to go to the polls. And if a, if, 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 if a celebrity is going to get them to the rally, it's got to be followed up with somebody who's got those resources like Latasha and them to get them to stand in line and pull that lead. Uh, Reese, go right ahead. Yeah, I think, though, I think what I'm encouraged by is that you have groups that understand that you have to go to the people. I think so much of what we saw in the general election, which, you know, to be fair, was, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. And so we saw a lot more virtual events. But a lot of times when people would say, where is your black agenda or where is your agenda? You know, you would try to steer people to a website. People ain't going to do all that. So you have to go to where the people are. You have to bring the message to them. And that is where you're going to pick up these additional votes, as Dr. Carr said. And as Erica has said, this is going to be anywhere from a 53-47 to a 51-49 
you know, margin that we're talking about for these for these things. And so it's really important to get these lower propensity, not just lower propensity um, Democratic voters, but even lower propensity runoff voters, because there is always a drop off in the number of people that vote. We've seen massive numbers of a million people vote, but we don't know who these people are. These could be very motivated Republican voters for all we know. And so we cannot rely on the polling. We cannot rely on good early returns. For instance, in Texas, the early voting looked spectacular and Democrats got wiped out across the board in Texas. And so you cannot rest your laurels on that. You have to take the message to that. The Democrats have to do something about their economic message. That is where Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue are strongest, despite the fact that the Republicans right. have absolutely nothing for the everyday Americans. And so if the Democrats, in conjunction with these outside groups, can really hone in on an economic message, that can make the difference in the margins because they're already winning on COVID and they're already winning on health care. But you cannot win without people right. knowing what the economic message is and believing in it. And you're right. And the poll that the poll that was done, economic the economic issue is the number one issue of those voters, and that's exactly how Leffler and Purdue uh, are leading in the poll. But polls actually don't win races. Turnout wins it. It's all about ground game. Uh, Erica, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Greg, thank you so very much. You know what? Hold on. I'm gonna keep y'all. I'm gonna keep y'all here. So as I promised, we're here at uh, Slutty. Go ahead and take the shot, Anthony. We're at Slutty Vegan. Y'all hear all that noise being made? Uh, <laughs> they get real annoyed. Coming up next. Coming up next, uh, the owner, Pinky. She, t she told me I got to try this vegan meal. We're going to see how that goes when we come back <laughs> on Roller Martin Unfiltered back in a moment. George, I know things are tough right now, but I want you to know help is on the way. My administration is preparing to beat COVID-19 and get economic relief to the American people. On day one as your president, I'm prepared to sign a COVID relief package that fully funds the public health response needed, led by Georgia's own CDC. It will ensure free testing and vaccination for every American, and will get small businesses the assistance they need right now. Let me be clear, I need Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff in the United States Senate to get this done. There are folks in Congress threatening to do everything in their power to block our efforts. We need you to get out there and vote for John Ossoff as well as Raphael Warnock. We need them in the Senate. God bless America and may God protect our troops. I'm Raphael Warnock. And I'm John Ossoff. And we, we approve, approve this message. Team, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue received classified briefings about the virus. And what did they do next? They downplayed the risks, then invested in body bags. Ten months later, over 10,000 Georgians dead. Kelly Leffler and David Perdue, dead wrong. We got power. We're about to get ready to launch our We Got Power Tour. We're going on the blackest bus in America. We're hitting the streets again. We're going to be going through at least 12 states, maybe more. I'm just really excited. 
Now, it's a little bit different this time because COVID-19, we've got to wear a mask, we've got to be socially distant, but we are very committed that we've got to get in the streets and inspire and encourage our people in ways that are socially distant. Ready to hit the road, ready to see our folks, ready to be socially distant, ready to mask up. On our way to Pennsylvania, we'll be there for two days, and then we're headed to Ohio to Cleveland. We're going to be just spreading a lot of love and building a lot of power. The very last day, we're going to be out here on the ground in these streets because our people need us. Can't stop, won't stop. Register to vote. You can even request your online vote by mail ballot by clicking the link or by scanning our QR code with your camera. Vote early. Vote today because we got power. All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered. We're broadcasting live from Slutty Vegan here in Jonesboro, Georgia. Uh, that shot you see is a shot uh, of the kitchen where all the magic uh, is done. They are quite a spirited group. Uh, and joining us right now is the uh, owner of Slutty Vegan, Pinky. Pinky, how you doing? Just See, I told you we were going to be here. <laughs> Listen, welcome to my house. Yes, welcome to your house. All right, so explain to people... Who don't, what the hell is going on in the kitchen, all that damn noise they make? It's a party. This ain't no restaurant. This is an experience. When you walk through the door, you're going to feel like the most important person in the world. And we are consistent with that experience, whether you at Jonesboro, whether you at the West End location, or whether you at Edgewood. But we created that because we wanted people to feel good. And that's all we want is to feel good. And we, we do that every single day. And that's a part of the reason why the business has been so successful. So you got three locations? I got three working on four, and I got two food trucks. Okay, all uh, right, and see, you talk about the festive, so normally, y'all, uh, what happens is when you come in here, uh, the music is blasted, it's like a party, yeah. uh, but it's a little hard to do a broadcast, so I have all the music, so that's the <laughs> only reason the music is down, yeah. like we're doing a broadcast, once we get done, the music is going back up, yeah. that's going to happen here, so... Uh, and so, so you got three locations, working on the fourth, how many people come through here a day? So we get about between 1,000 and 1,500 people every single day. Wow. At each location. Wow. And we're going on our third year in business. So when you think about the restaurant industry, right? The restaurant industry is hard to sustain a business. They don't even last past a year, year and a half. Right. So to be able to walk into a third year and we still got lines and people still coming, especially the weekends, the lines are down the block and people still come from far and wide. That just shows you that we continue to do something right in business, especially in the restaurant business. And what do you think it is? What is it? It's a combination of a lot of things. Um, people, one, feel good about the fact that they can support a black-owned, woman-owned business that's thriving in the most transparent way, and you're proud to support a business that looks good, that feels good, got good customer service, that really gives back to the community. Because I don't know if you know this, Roland, we talked about it before, but like we are a pillar in the community, so we don't just talk about it. We do the work. We, we are about it. So I had my foundation. Um, we put a lot of money back into the community, and we just just give people something to feel proud about. That's the first thing. And the second thing is the story, right? People have fallen in love with the fact that I came from humble beginnings. I have Jamaican immigrant parents where my father went to prison 
for 22 years doing a 30-year bid, my mother working four jobs, and for me to rise above the ashes and to be able to do what I'm doing and create a multi-million dollar company just shows you that anything is possible. So I'm selling a story of hope, and people feel hopeful when they think about Study Vegan, coupled with the fact that we helping people, especially black people, reimagine food. So it just feels good all the way around. <laughs> yeah. and, and so uh, of the folks who come in, do you have a lot of folk who are not actually vegan, but they've heard about it and they said, hey, I want to try this thing. Our audience is not vegan. 97% of the people... First of all, if your audience <laughs> was vegan, you ain't getting 1,500 coming no. in every day no. uh, at each location. There ain't that many vegans in America right now. <laughs> but 97% of the people who patronize my business are people who just like good food, right? Right. And that's why we don't push the agenda of veganism on people. Right. We want people to come and get a good meal that just so happens to be vegan, and you don't have to be put into a box of a title and a label, right? So we remove all the labels and we bring people together in the name of food, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're blue, and we give people something to talk about and disconnect them from their cell phones and reconnect them to each other. And that's why it works, and it's been working for the last three years. Okay, so how did the concept originate, and who the hell came up with slutty? You looking at her. No, I'm saying, <laughs> what, what was the basis of slutty vegan? When you sit around like... Man, let's just call this thing <laughs> slutty. So, um, so my background is a TV rolling. So, um, background is what? Television. Got I was, it. I was a television producer for the Maury Show for three years. The what show? The Maury Show. Maury oh Pose. Lord! <laughs> Crazy Maury. <laughs> So I was a television producer um, for, for about 10 years, right? So I've learned a lot of things in the television industry, right? Like beats and nuggets and what people pay attention to, what they don't pay attention to, what's going to require them to create a dialogue. So my last gig, I was a casting director on a show called Iyanla Fix My Life. And they relocated me to Atlanta from L.A., and as a vegan, I'm used to going to L.A. Every corner there's a vegan option. So while I was in Atlanta, I was hungry. And all the good vegan restaurants in Atlanta close about 8, 9 o'clock. <laughs> so I like, was... what the hell? Vegans don't <laughs> right. stay up late? No. Okay, we go to sleep early. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I was solving a problem. And what that problem was is I wanted to create a late-night comfort food option for people who like vegan food, whether they're vegan or not, right? And I did that, and I didn't anticipate that it would be what you see today. But it was just supposed to be a ghost restaurant. But God is just a good God, and God really just shows up even when you don't expect God to because if you would have told me three years ago that slutty vegan would be as popular and thriving, especially in the middle of a pandemic, I would say you're a damn lie. Right. <laughs> so from a ghost restaurant and just coming up with the name alone, I wanted to merge the two most pleasurable experiences in life. That's sex and that's food. And I knew, <laughs> I knew that if I named it pinkies vegan, wasn't nobody coming. But if I put a sexual connotation to it to give a hun underlying teaching, because sometimes you got to meet people where they at, right, and, and, and put the teaching and the message and hide it, I knew that people were going to pay attention, and they did exactly that. So I was very intentional about the name. And the concept has nothing to do with sex, right? So you hear sexual names and references, but when you really dive deep into the business, you understand that we are for the community. We create a positive experience. Everything we do is positive. We don't welcome negative energy. We're, you know, we're like positive energy only, and we've continued to do that all well, these years. Well, we are in Atlanta, and so uh, mm -hmm. Atlanta uh, uh, does... Uh, 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 coincide with strip clubs, yes. uh, and so uh, <laughs> sex can certainly go with it, and so it all goes together. All right, so now you 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 name this your signature meal. 
one night stand going yes. right along the course with the title. Yes. So explain to folk what this one night stand is. Well, first of all, I got you a one night stand. <laughs> and it's right here. So you hold on to that. All right. <laughs> so the one night stand is basically a party in your mouth. Right, it's a euphoric experience. Okay, I'm gonna leave. Y'all, y'all know I, y'all know I could have said something right there. Uh, Tiffany Lofton crazy ass over there. Uh, you, she just, you, that's, y'all hear that loud laugh? That's Tiffany Lofton over there. Uh, yeah, I could have said something. I'm just gonna leave that alone. Listen, Go ahead. Go it's, ahead. It's, it's a party in your mouth, and you're gonna have an orgasm with food. Right. So when you think about slutty vegan and you think about the food, it's the slutification process. And what slutified means is to have the ultimate euphoric experience eating a plant based burger. Right. OK. So is this your first time eating vegan food that you about to say? Hell yeah. First okay, time. I think this I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. That was a brother who was with the Nation of Islam in Dallas. He had a vegan restaurant in there. I ain't eat that. <laughs> uh, my frat brother, my alpha brother, Lamel McMorris, is a big-time vegan. Uh, we went to the NFC Championship game uh, when his agency, they rep Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And he took me to this place. I was like, man, you better take me to Popeye's. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. So I just text LaMail. Uh, and LaMail tried to get me. I said, LaMail, no, nah, bro, I'm that. from Texas. I need some damn meat. Well, listen, so, the numbers don't lie. So we're going to pop your cherry today yeah, on your precisely. TV show Okay, today. first of all, okay, so let's, so, so, the, so the fries are the front. I'm going to take my mask off. Yes. So take my mask off. All right, so. All right, so the slutty fries. So, yes. Okay, so what are, are these just regular fries or what are so they? So nothing that we do is regular, right? So I have something called slut dust. So before you leave out, you got to try it. And you put that shit on everything, literally, okay? So Is this Creole seasoning on here? It's a little bit of love yeah, and I, everything. Uh, my folks from Louisiana, <laughs> yes. so I, I can yes. taste Creole seasoning. <laughs> So we, we make this seasoning called slut dust that people go crazy about, right? Right. Fresh cut fries. That's a good seasoning. Thank you. I appreciate that. I made it. Um, so, you know, the fries... Y'all know are, I know seasoning. The fries are supposed to get your palate wet. So you can try that burger. And, All right. And our burgers are intentionally sloppy, okay? So don't be alarmed. Yeah, sloppy yes. <laughs> so listen, so let me tell you about the well, one night stand. Ain't no wrong with a sloppy burger. Cause ain't nothing wrong with sloppy sex. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh I'm sorry. God. My oh bad. My I'm God. sorry. Did I just say that? My bad. I'm sorry. Did I say that? This is your show. You this can say is what you my want. Show. It's a, the show. The show is called Unfiltered for a damn reason. Okay. So, so we got vegan bacon on this uh, burger with our patty and our secret sauce. So I came up with the secret sauce. Mind you, I'm not a chef rolling. I ain't never went to culinary school. I just like to cook, and I just put some stuff in a pot, and it worked. Okay, and it's you been got working. a secret sauce. Yep. All right. All right, got yes, it. So y'all get see, into it. Uh, Anthony, you got a shot of the burger? Mm-hmm. You got it? Yeah, zoom in. Zoom in. <laughs> guys, zoom, guys, zoom in. This is messy. And so y'all, y'all see. Uh, so that's the sauce. That's not cheese. That's not. That, or, ain't, that ain't cheese. That's the sauce. It's some oh, cheese on there, though. All right, you see it? But everything is vegan. The, the bun to the bread to the lettuce to the tomatoes to you the patty. You see some cheese on here? Yeah. Oh, it's, it might not be. Hold on. Did you ask for All no right. cheese? You got it. You got it. All if right. you didn't ask for it, right, so tell everybody no was okay. So we got vegan bacon. It's the vegan bacon. It's the patty. It's the lettuce, tomatoes. But the secret is in the sauce. You ever heard somebody saying, "Oh, you got the sauce. Our patty's got the Lord sauce. Our burgers mercy. got the sauce." All right. All right. Y'all pray for me. God is good. Amen. I, 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 thank, 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 thank God. I'm, thank God. Bless I'm the hands that prepared this meal. Uh, so yeah, uh, say a prayer. Uh, so here we go, y'all. Let me try this one night stand. All right, here we go. All right. 
What you thinking? Talk it through. One, it ain't tofu. It ain't tofu. It ain't tofu. <laughs> so what's in the patty? So, so right there is um, a plant-based patty. So that's the Impossible patty that we use. But we got a couple proteins. So we use Beyond Meat Impossible. We use um, a homemade meat that we put together. We use a shrimp, the konjac powder. But that is made up of um, konjac, coconut, pea protein, um, and some vitamins to it. Tastes good? You like some that? Some vitamins? Yeah. You threw some vitamins in here? There's some vitamins in there. Y'all, they probably <laughs> in that kitchen is mixing all kind of stuff and just throwing it in here. No, it is good. It is good. Okay, so so is it safe to say it that, is you, good. that you've been Spotify? But I, I will say this. The secret sauce is good. But I'm still texting. You still texting? I'm still texting. What you texting? I'm a Texan. Texan. T E X A N. Oh, Texan. My ass needs oh, some yeah. barbecue sauce. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ain't about to find that here. I'm still texting now. <laughs> let me real clear. But well, right. listen, let me tell you something. Now, y'all was... got some vegan barbecue sauce? Barbecue sauce is vegan. Oh, well, hell. <laughs> I'm good. See, that's why we got slutty vegan. You okay? slap so barbecue sauce on anything. <laughs> you put barbecue sauce on some Brussels sprouts, they'll taste good. Man. No, but it's, it's good. It's but, good. But, but you know, the, See? Be the beauty of this, Roland, is that people like you who have never had a plant-based experience. I ain't never had. Right? So now, the next time you go somewhere else, your consciousness is opened up a little bit more to just say, oh, let me try, because I had Slutty Vegan and it was decent. I like no, it. No, see, the problem, though, is, see, hold <laughs> on. I don't, look, I don't be trying shit, okay? <laughs> I can guarantee you, you're going to look at a menu and say, oh, no, this vegan, I, I wonder if it tastes like you Slutty You understand, I, went, I go to Houston's restaurant, I've ordered the same thing for 20 years. Really? I don't be, te so, so, see, you're going to have me cut somebody out. <laughs> I'm going to go to somebody else vegan's place and go try to order their burger. I'm like, this shit don't taste like Slutty Vegan. <laughs> then you're going to have me cussing somebody out. See? Well, listen, at least you ain't never going to forget us. That's the point. That, you ain't lying, because we got video of me eating this damn plant-based <laughs> burger. Uh, Greg, Greg Carr. Uh, I, Greg Carr, you still there? Oh, I'm here, brother. I'm watching you. Yeah. Uh, Greg, so, Greg, uh, yeah. uh, have you? how often have you done a plant-based uh, burger? I do it from time to time, brother. I tell you, listen, I Where see you, you eating that hamburger. You ain't stopped. So, I mean, okay. let, let me say this. Everybody's talking about Mackenzie uh, Scott giving money to HBCUs, and it's a wonderful thing. But that sister you sitting to, uh, next next to you right there, that sister, Nikki uh, Cole, you know, she paid off tuition for at her alma mater last year. So when she's talked about that motto of Clark Atlanta University, I'll find a way or make one. That's the best HBCU model. She's a philanthropist. And right now, I'm looking at you eating a vegan meal, which means she done found a way to do something that I thought up until this moment was impossible, brother. <laughs> you ain't lying. Uh, 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 Reese, and now Reese, we got Erica over there who cooked salad. We ain't gonna bring that up. Cooked salad. Uh, right. Pinky just said, cook salad. Cook salad. She literally said that on the show before Thanksgiving, she cooked salad. Ooh. Uh, uh, Will Downing almost cussed her out. Listen, I might have to add that to the menu. No, it's don't, different. don't, 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 trust it's gonna me. Make, it's no, going to make people no, ask questions. don't even, don't even, don't, don't even, don't, Derek, what the hell she doing that cooking no salad? Uh, so, so, Reese, uh, yo, we talked about before, you and your family, y'all always cooking. Uh, any vegan uh, chefs in y'all family? No. We are <laughs> some hardcore beef, pork, 
uh, chicken eaters. Um, so I would love to try slutty vegan though. I've never ventured into the veganism. I, I eat like a burger several times a week. But you're making it look very convincing that that's a pretty good vegan burger to try out. So next time I'm in the ATL, my no, sister lives there. No, no. I'll check it out. Now, Risha, let me be real clear. There's a reason we don't do cooking segments on my show. <laughs> and the reason we don't do the reason we don't do cooking segments on my show because I can't be like the other anchors on TV. Where they have a chef on the show, mm -hmm. and they cook something, and it always tastes good. <laughs> I'm letting you know. If it don't taste good. I, I need everybody to know. Y'all think I'm lying. <laughs> I need everybody to know. If that burger wasn't good, you was gonna say it. I would have said, Pinky, don't give me this damn burger again. <laughs> so the fact that I ain't said that, I just want y'all to know. I, I don't front. I don't front. I, hey, I, hey, I, if the burger wasn't good, I would been like, she would have got the side eye. You was going to do me like that. I would have been like, <laughs> I would have been like, let me, t let me, t okay, let me show y'all what would have happened if, that, if this one night stand wasn't good. I would have said, pick it. You done brought my ass out here to do my damn show, eat this damn burger, and this shit ain't good. That would have happened. But I ain't say that. So that means it's good. No. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. And you like them burger, fries with it. I really do like this seasoning. Thank you. On the fries. And th that season is actually about to go into retail markets. So oh, really? That season, we got our bacon that's going into retail. We got a vegan lunch pack, like a Lunchable that's going into retail, a pimento Do cheese. Y'all put this season, is that seasoning on that burger? Mm-hmm. I'll probably add some more. No, this is like a really... This season again, is on the burger. My dad's a chef, my brother's executive chef. Mm -hmm. So when I think about Tony Chasseray's Creole seasoning... Which is, which is, I think it was, it was a little too salty. It's mm -hmm. good, but a little too salty. Then you have, then you, people, a lot of people use Lowry's. Mm -hmm. This is a, this is a really good Thank seasoning. Uh, a lot of y'all out there eat Five Guys fries and they put the, whatever the mix they have mm -hmm. on there. This is actually a better seasoning than they put on the Five oh, well, Guys fries. Well, thank you. Uh, seasoning. I yes. told y'all my ass no food. We got to put that in a commercial. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> but you got to leave some room for the dessert rolling. All right. Okay. Oh. All right. So. It's the last part of the show. I know we run late. Okay, what? Banana pudding. It's our oh, vegan banana all. pudding. They got. Yes. Oh, we got fake ass <laughs> Vanna White here. Vanna! <laughs> Tiffany Lofton. Okay. So this is our homemade banana pudding. Okay. Original flavor. Vegan. Ain't no all dairy. Right. Ain't no eggs. Ain't no milk. Ain't no nothing in it. Okay, Greg Carl. I hear Greg Carl going, damn. Hey, Dr. Carl. Yeah, that look good. Hey, Tiffany. Okay. My God, that burger is so you gotta get the chunky pieces in there. No, no, the burger's not gone. I still got, I still. Oh, do you? I got a third left. He working on it. I got a third left. Yeah, I could have eaten so. All right, so this is the banana pudding. So it's called Slutty Vegan Happy Ending Vegan Sweets and Treats. So tell folk what's uh, you say what do you say what's not in it? What'd you say? So nothing from a dead animal is in it, right? So everything is dairy free, egg free, butter free, milk free. So oh, I wanted dairy free, egg free, butter free. free. Yep. No, no, what nothing. The hell is in it, it? it ain't gonna send you to the bathroom, just know that. <laughs> well, what the hell is in it? It if just ain't gonna send you free of all that. It what's just, in it? It just ain't gonna send you to the bathroom. That's all you need to know. But but it's banana pudding, it, so it's it's a take right, on the southern banana pudding that you like. What a banana. Right, they, they in there. 
Don't do it. Mm -hmm. She said banana pudding. I'm like, what are bananas? <laughs> try it. Okay. Try it, brother. This is the test. That's good. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that's good. Okay, now what? Now what's the? Um... That's wafers. Oh, that's, that's the wafers. Ve that's that's vegan vanilla okay. wafers. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make sure it wasn't no banana pudding seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a little seasoning in that too. <laughs> they put some seasoning in the banana pudding. Just check wow. it. Listen. Okay. So that's how banana pudding we sell sell out of that every single day. Oh yeah. And okay. Now here's my real question. I'm about to be real black. What you about to say? Y'all ain't got no slutty vegan peach cobbler. You know what's funny? We're actually working on it right See, now. See, I know, I knew it. We're working I on. Knew it. Oh, you got to taste the pie too. You I, know, black black people in peach cobbler. <laughs> Listen, we got a goodie bag for you. You know, I got wrap snacks in, in stores right now. I don't know if you saw that too, but wrap snacks. Yeah. What's that? You never heard of wrap snacks? The chips. Pass oh, me a bag of wrap snacks. No, I never heard of that. So wrap snacks. Um, James Lindsay owns that. Uh, I know Master P is one of the partners. Okay, I have. So pa pass the bag. That's me. And Roland, I ain't even no rapper. Got it. Come on. Yeah, I've seen uh, so, I've seen Master P uh, big head on it. Yep, so that's in stores everywhere. So I'm the first person that's on the bag that's not a rapper. Wow. But I got bars. Why? Oh, you got bars. I got bars. Y'all too funny. Y'all too funny. <laughs> All right, y'all. So again, I told y'all, I don't lie to y'all. The show is called Unfiltered. I'm, to everybody who's watching right now, I'm not lying to y'all. This is good banana pudding. That's a good burger and fries. If it was not, I'd be quiet as hell. This is how the interview would go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You ain't right. This is how y'all would know. This was not going to be like, okay. Mm -hmm. You ain't right. Mm -hmm. So let y'all know. Let y'all know. So I do co-sign. Just let y'all know. And good. so uh, we appreciate it. Uh, glad, glad to be here. Uh, I, I, when, when Pinky was on, I told her, I said, look, we're going to come do the show. Y'all been t tweeting me. When you coming to Sunday, I'm like, y'all, we're going to be here until January 5th. We got time. <laughs> y'all slow down. And you're more than welcome. We got Anytime. time. So we are here. Uh, let folks know. Y'all got merchandise. Listen, we got everything. We got a got, Just so y'all know, so we're doing a show from the merchandise area. So we came in here. We were like, okay, we need that table moved over here. <laughs> we need that clothing rack moved over here so we can all set up. So there the folks know. Y'all got... Uh, we got everything. We got now, hats. Uh, are, these vegan, are these vegan backpacks? Everything you see here is vegan. Everything, everything, everything is vegan. vegan. We got... We got Don't is we, vegan. We, we got... We got uh, we, <laughs> everything is vegan. What you laughing at? I'm just saying, we got vegan backpacks. Yes. We got we got vegan fanny packs. Yes. We got um, vegan air freshers. Listen, we got vegan lighters. What you need? We got. Uh, we got we got anti-meat club shirts. Yep. We got bags. Listen, slutty vegan is such an experience that you're gonna get a little got, bit of everything. Hold up, y'all, y'all. Let me help y'all out. Y'all want y'all want not? Y'all, this a damn vegan restaurant. But they got damn lighters. Listen. Ain't that something? Hey. Y'all want to see this commercial? It's a Come court. get your one-night stand <laughs> and smoke your pack of cigarettes. No, uh, we don't do no cigarettes, <laughs> but, but we are a 420-friendly company. Y'all got vegan cigarettes? No, we don't do no cigarettes, but it's a 420-friendly company. It's a lighter. You might want to light a candle, Roland. Hello? Y'all know damn well they ain't Hello? light no... First of all, you ain't light no candle like this here. That damn thing gonna burn your hand. You, you better candle. get one of them long things. Anyway, so y'all got... So to let folks who are watching where they can go online uh, and, uh, and and check out some of the products. Um, so you can go to sluttyvegan.shop. 
or you can go to www.sluttyveganatl.com to learn about our merch, to learn about all the things that we got in store. You can follow us on all social media handles, um, platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace, Christian Mingle. Just Google us. We there. All you right. Know. Somebody said she's a vegan sweet potato pie with no animal fat in the crust. Yes, we got that for you right there. That's our most Y'all, popular. They got it. They got it. We got it right there. Let you want to taste it. that? Now you got to taste no, that. No, I can't taste it right now. Why not? Because, look, I don't mix stuff. <laughs> I finish stuff. Okay, take it home. I can't. I, I, but I you're going to love that. That's how you mess your palate up. Okay. See? All right, when but you're going to love that. your palate is set. You're going to love that. Okay? <laughs> See, I can't, I can't be mixing. But the goal is, is to be able to transition your consciousness to be at least open to trying vegan options. And if we get you to do that, then we've done our job. I got you, but As you take your well, third you, well, you better open up some more damn location. <laughs> I'm coming. Because I ain't going to be trying anybody. Look, I don't be eating anybody <laughs> damn gumbo. Listen, so, I'm actually working on um, 13 locations um, within the next year and a half. So we on the go. We're not playing. In other states? Other states. Our next location is Birmingham, Alabama. So we closing on our property there next week. Um, we opening up a location in Pond City Market here in February. We got I don't a lot know of good why stuff this going food on. said you got vegan chitlins. Stop it. Vegan chitlins? Just stop it. Now, if you're still eating chitlins in 2020, we got a problem. <laughs> you want to make me cuss you out, put some chitlins in front of me. My no. grandmother made some chitlins. I walked in. Her, it's a true story. I walked in her house. The funk hit me. Mm-mm. I ran out her house like I saw a cat-sized rat. I just can't eat nothing to smell like a fart. I just can't do it. I cannot do it. I'm sorry. It got to smell good to me. One of my relatives had a New Year's Eve party and said they were cooking. They had some chitlins. Reese. My dad said, pack this shit up, we going home. <laughs> My dad said, this ain't no damn food. He, okay. said, he, said, we, he said, I can't we trust home. you if you eat we, we, It was a grand opening and a grand closing. Okay. We went In out. So, thir- you look at th- so 13 locations. You're looking yep. to expand. You yep. got the, the seasoning. Yeah. You got the products. Yeah. Anything else? Um, today was a good day for me. We got featured in a full feature, CNN Business and Inc. Magazine, all in one day. So today's been a good day. Long day, but good day. Well, you were in Inc., you were in CNN, but ain't none of them going to compare to Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, no, it absolutely does not. Because guess what? I'm on Roland Martin Unfiltered Daily Digital Show, okay? <laughs> the baddest show in the land, okay? <laughs> and this is my second time, okay? How many it people is, can say that? It is. So, so as y'all <laughs> see, I told y'all I ain't going to lie to y'all. Okay? So You like that banana pudding rolling. I told you I finished up. <laughs> oh, y'all. The bowl is empty. That wow. means it is good. We're going to be sold out tomorrow. It's sweet. It is good. Greg Carr going, wow. <laughs> so just let y'all know. So, folks, that is it for us. It's always yes. a pleasure on Thursday uh, to have Reese, to have Greg, to have Erica. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow we're going to be in Savannah with Black Voters Matter uh, with uh, Waka Flocka, uh, Tammy Rivera, Kiki Palmer, Common. Uh, that is happening concert four to six. We're going to live stream that. We'll transition right into Roller Mart Unfiltered uh, from Savannah, Georgia. Uh, that is tomorrow. Pinky, we certainly appreciate it. Thank Man, you. have allowed us to come here uh, yes. and to disrupt uh, y- your restaurant. We done blocked the restroom and everything. Never uh, disrupt But uh, go ahead and uh, uh, go ahead and get a shot of the kitchen. Hey, kitchen, say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah.
Y'all know black people do stuff real different. Black folk do stuff real different. So they are... <laughs> right. Yeah, they are... They are... We good? You got the shot? You got the shot? All right, Anthony had to go switch the camera. Uh, and so we're going we to end the show with a, sh- with a shot of the kitchen. Uh, we appreciate it. Hey, y'all, again, uh, Slutty Vegan, black-owned restaurant, uh, yes. Dear Purdue. That's what you get for sitting here thinking you were dissing John Ossoff. Okay. Uh, Pika appreciates all the free publicity you yes. done given her. <laughs> thank you. Uh, to everybody who's watching, we thank y'all as well. Uh, don't forget, we want y'all to support what we do at Roland Martin Unfiltered. It's a black-owned, independent show. Uh, we ain't got corporate support. We ain't got no billionaires sending us money, uh, setting us up. Uh, this is a show for the people, funded by the people, for the people. Uh, my fan base, I, w- I want y'all to understand what y'all have done. This year, I told y'all on April 2nd, my CFO was like, Roland, coronavirus has shut advertising down, and she was absolutely right. On April 4th, I got even more aggressive, asking y'all to support us uh, on Cash App, on PayPal, on Venmo. In the first three weeks, our fan base gave $30,000. That was the first three weeks of April, okay? Between May 1st and right now, y'all have contributed $500,000 to this show. Every dollar that y'all have given goes back into this show. It goes into our cameras, our equipment, it goes into our staff, it goes into our gear, it goes into our branding when we go out because we want to be able to give y'all a quality product. When y'all look at this show, uh, when you look at this show, when you see how we do this show, uh, you know how we do it. When y'all look at the concert tomorrow, when y'all see that live stream, when y'all see us switching the shots and going to uh, toss into a mobile camera, that's because y'all allowed us to buy the Teradek Boat wireless uh, receiver and transmitter where we could actually disseminate our signal wirelessly. That was $10,000. Two of those units was $10,000, okay? Uh, the live, I told y'all last night, the live streaming uh, gear uh, that we have, that was $47,000. Y'all made that possible for us to be able to do that. Uh, And so that's why it's important for y'all to support what we do, uh, because here's the deal, okay? You take a CNN business and an Inc., folks like that, there are other black-owned restaurants, okay? They won't call them. We got a, every Tuesday, we got a black business segment. We feature black business owners every single Tuesday. Every Wednesday, we got a tech segment featuring black folks who are in tech. It's about giving them an opportunity to express, to show their wares, to talk about what they're doing for you, the consumer. That's why we have to have our own shows, our own platform. Remember, the nation's first black newspaper on March 16th, 1827, the Freedmen's Journal said, we wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. This is about us speaking for ourselves. Support us at Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered, PayPal.me forward slash R Martin Unfiltered, Venmo.com forward slash RM Unfiltered, Zell, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. You can also send me money, money order to New Vision Media Inc. NU, Vision Media Inc., 1625 K Street Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Uh, remember, 1625 K Street Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Again, tomorrow, we're going to be broadcasting live from Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, I want to see y'all out uh, there. Uh, I will take selfies, but, I, uh, but I'm going to show y'all how to take a So let me just show y'all how to take a selfie. 
in social distance. I'm going to show y'all how to do this, okay? This is how you do this. Because some of y'all confused. So y'all see what Pinky is sitting right now, right? This is how y'all do it, okay? I'm going to show y'all right now how y'all either take selfies, stop trying to stand next to people. This is what you do. Turn your camera horizontal. Then what you do, have that person behind you. Have them behind you. Extend your arm and press the button. That's how you take a selfie social distance. They ain't got to be next to you. Had them stand behind you. Okay? Okay. Look, let me teach y'all right now. This just real quick, 30 seconds. Do y'all see my hand? Index finger on top. Two fingers in the middle. Pinky underneath. Put the phone on the edge of your hand so your thumb can move. Okay? Stop trying to sit here and take it like this and all of this. So I'm going to show y'all again. It's how y'all need to take a selfie. Okay, I need y'all to have your cameras ready when we in Savannah. I ain't gonna have me waiting all damn day taking these selfies. Look, hold your phone like this. Index on top, two in the middle, pinky at the bottom. Put the phone on the corner of your hand right here so you can do your finger here. Now listen, if I'm on your right, put the phone in your left hand. If I'm on your left, Put the phone in your right hand. Take it this way. Do y'all see how smooth my ass was? Look, right hand. Left hand. Left hand. Right hand. Left hand. That's how y'all take a selfie. Now, school is now out of session. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 